0: Warriors. Thank you for tuning in for another great episode. I am super excited because tonight I have a co-host for the first time. I got Pacific Tita. He's agreed to come on. <laughs> if you if you don't know, her, you know her from Throat Punch Mondays. We, we I co-host with her on that show and really happy she's able to join us. I'm super excited about the guest we have on today with Amy. Um, I, I know her. She is Monica's younger sister. If you remember when I did the yoga session, um, I hadn't oh, yeah. seen her in years and years and years. And she's quite a bit, a little bit younger than I am, maybe two years, no, a little bit longer than that, but, um, but she has an incredible story and she's agreed to come on the show and tell her story, you know, with, with September being Suicide Awareness Month, um, you know, it's very important that we all look out for each other. You know, we, we highlight the, the issues and problems going on with mental health throughout the year, but really in September, we kind of really focus on suicide. Anybody who knows my story knows as a suicide survivor, I really take, you know, September to heart. And I think on tonight's show, you're really going to be moved by not only Amy's story of what she went through, but how she was able to recover uh, and go on and done a lot of great, amazing things. And I don't want to talk about it too much because I want her to tell her story. Um, And, but, you know, before I get started, I want to tell everybody to please go out and visit veteranstrashtalk.com. Go out and look at all of our podcast shows out on YouTube. There were a lot of great shows out there. Go out and visit our shop to get a lot of our great t-shirts. I have one on now and you can also get the um, Veterans Trash Talk Mental Health Warrior T-shirt. My green screen covers up the green Mustang. but as I always says, you know, on the back of the T-shirt, I had the crisis number put on there. The text home to seven four one seven four one. You can talk to a grief counsel there, or nowadays you can dial 988, 988 is the suicide prevention uh, hotline now, or the emergency number now. Uh, so you can call that or a crisis number if you're a veteran in crisis. Also, it's nine eight eight and then press one, and then you can talk to somebody. So with that, I want to get started. Uh, Amy, I would like for you to go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, wait, before we get started, Lynn, do you have anything that you want to talk about before we get started?
1: Um, so it is uh, Suicide Awareness Month, and I just want to just reiterate to you guys, and I know you probably said it before, reach out to your friends. You know, like you might be going through a hard time, um, but nobody's going to know that you're in that dark place if you don't have that courage to put them foot forward. And so we do say, you know, uh, reach out to your friends to see how they're doing, but reach out to your friends also only f- for your own mental health. Hmm. So that's a big deal. That's all say. you know,
0: that's, that's something really important because, you know, we all get tied up and, and busy with our schedules and things. And it, it's well, hard to realize sometimes, you know, what's going on in your life. And, and sometimes you forget about others and going on in there. So just actually, please take the time for yourself and, and please take the time to, reach out to a friend or somebody who might be going through something who you, who you don't know or haven't talked to for a while. So right. with that, Amy, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: I, I was so excited to, to get you on the show. We, we talked a little bit after I did yoga, and you have an amazing story. Um, I just saw your big dog in the background. You said you had a mastiff. Uh, so I just saw him walking <laughs> through in the background. So.
2: <laughs> They're very needy. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Well, my dog had uh, surgery yesterday. He had uh, four teeth taken out. And I, I didn't know this with boxers, but they get—they um, have small molars in the back, and they don't chew a lot on the food. I didn't know this. Um, and so they took out the small molars. That's a normal surgery, the doctor said. But also, they, they have a thickening of the gums. I didn't know this. This is a common issue with boxers. And so they have to go in and laser the gums to, to have them regrow because they get so thick that bacteria and other stuff gets on him. And then the teeth oh, wow. start rotting and other issues. I, di- I didn't know that. Um, so we had to have that done. So he- his mouth's pretty sore today, but he-, he-, he picked up his ball this morning. And so if you've mm-hmm. seen any of my posts about Falco is he loves his ball. Uh, so the fact that he picked up his ball this morning, I knew he was, he was on the road to recovery. Um, so-, mm-hmm. so that's all great and good. But uh, Amy, you know, we we talked a little bit there when I was at uh, yoga afterwards and you told me a little bit about your story and your struggles and and what you've gone on to do. And I just want to say that it's 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 pretty amazing. Um, I've watched your family on Facebook for years and I know your whole family because I grew up obviously with you guys. Um, But how you went from a really bad time in your life to where you are now. Can you kind of just take us on that journey so so people who are watching can can know and kind of understand um, why I wanted you on the show and why I was really excited for you to come on the show and, and tell your story?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first off, you know, I, I had no business probably getting married when I did. I didn't pick someone who was good for me, probably because at the time I had no self-worth and didn't even know who I was. Um, and that I was in that marriage for 13 years It was very emotionally abusive and I don't think I ever realized um, that all the control was with my spouse. Um, And then you add the financial struggles we started to go through. We had a lot of rental properties and when everything happened in 08, um, our ability to keep those afloat just became just not possible. every bit of income that I brought in from my insurance business went to try to keep the properties going. And unfortunately, we were in a spot where we couldn't keep our own heat and air on at times. Um, Our propane tank would go empty and we had no way to fill it. Um, So then when you're in a relationship like that and you have all these other factors going on, it just became uh, an unbearable dark black hole is what I felt like I was in. I mean, I remember so vividly laying in the middle of my field one night and just crying and telling God, I can't do this anymore. I quit. I'm done. I've had it. Um, and, you know, I wasn't looking for God to help me because I just thought I was so wrong, bad, you know, in such a bad place that I didn't, I didn't really expect any help. You know, and a couple days later, I, it's, it's hard for me to even think about this moment because I i sat in my living room with a gun um, in my mouth and I didn't want to get upset. But when I go back to that moment, it's, it's so hard to think of being, in such a dark place that you truly think that you just want the pain to be taken away from you and that's where I was um obviously I didn't pull the trigger um in fact I just set the gun down I started crying again and I just told God that you know you've got to help me I can't I cannot continue like this um I think it was the next night. I ended up just leaving my home. I told my husband, I just can't continue like this. And as I was walking out the door um, and I do think this was God, because for my Bible to be there as I packed a small bag, just to get the heck out of there. My Bible was there and I just went to some no name motel, you know, the cheapest place I could find. And cried out to God that night and picked up my Bible. And I was just flipping through it. And it's almost like he was just sending me the scripture I needed to save me in that moment to know that he would help me. Mm -hmm. And literally from that night on, um, I started slowly but surely seeing a light. And it wasn't, you know, all of a sudden, everything got better. In fact, it was very, very slow. Um, I went to counseling for almost seven years, uh, just to start changing the way I functioned in life, you know, to better myself, um, as an individual and know that there was hope beyond that moment of just the darkest spot I could see myself in. You
0: know, and I think, um, I know, I know what that's like, Amy, because I've, I've been there, obviously. Um, had my brother not found me that night, I wouldn't be sitting there. I mean, I, I wouldn't have survived. Um, so he literally saved my life. Um, but I know that, you know, once I left the hospital and I was on my way back and going into re- back into recovery and counseling, um, that, that road is not an easy road. And, you know, sometimes people can get lost on that road just as they lost before they entered that road. Uh, and I would just want to tell anybody who, if they're in that spot or if they're going through what we just talked about, you know, please remember that things can get better and and you can go on to do and and be great. Uh, This is just a, just a moment of of your life. Uh, And just as God, you know, spoke out to you uh, in your moment uh, that kind of, kind of helped you to, to move forward. But, you know, as you're going through your seven years of therapy, what, What seemed to be the things that would kind of set you back a little bit, if you could remember, if you want to touch on um, as you were going through the the therapy session? Because I know what I know what held me back uh, sometimes. And a lot of it's just being a man and just being bullheaded and and lying to my counselor and other things Um, and having to let that persona, you know, Cliff Bowman being the big tough guy, you know, go away and being willing to open up and share things that you don't even want to talk about by yourself alone in a room, you know, now you're going to tell somebody this Uh, to me, that's being very vulnerable. And and that took me a long time to get to that point. Uh, And I would still say, I struggle with that sometimes till even today, Uh, some things I just don't open up about. Uh, So I totally understand that.
2: Yeah. And that's probably been, I think I was raised in a, in a sense, or it, you know, that you just put the lipstick on and pretend everything's okay. You know, my sister was the only person who even knew that I was struggling, you know, because I could fix fix myself up and go on to work and I I could fake it. But inside I was literally crumbling. Um, Counseling was so huge in helping me out. And my counselor also made me realize that you can't do this alone. And you can't rely just on coming and seeing me every week. You have got to start opening up to other people and let them in your life that you are not alone. You're you're not the only one who's struggling in life. Lots of people are struggling in life. And I just always wanted to portray myself as I'm good. I've got this, you know, when actually I didn't have anything going right at the time, but I was incapable. Of really talking to anyone about it and once I started opening up to a couple of my friends it's amazing just the release you feel in being able to share something with another human being and then have that connection from them that that allows you to not feel alone in a world that sometimes is just really hard to get through
0: you know, it's it's you know that's why Veterans Trash Talk was started because it kind of gave veterans a a safe place uh, to go and speak. And and Lynn, you know this as well as I do, with women who suffered you know military sexual trauma and other things. You know, they didn't have a place to where they could go and talk and not have to worry about retribution and things like that. And I think it's sometimes that's hard to find that safe circle or that safe group of people that you can have those conversations with. But once you find that family or that group, it is very helpful and it does, as you said, it does help help a lot because now you're able to find out that some things you're feeling is, is normal. You're not odd or you're not strange or there's not something wrong with you physically or mentally or you're just a, some disabled person over in the corner that, you know, in a straight jacket or something like that. You find out that what you're feeling and what you're going through is 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 very normal um, and I think once you figure that out like with mine with my PTSD and having the nightmares and and struggling with with all that, once you find out that other people that's been through similar situations and they have similar not exactly the same but similar things go on, then you're more able to talk about it because then you don't have to explain about it that much you know because they already yeah. know.
1: Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I think that, um, on, on top of that, that your feelings are also very valid. So yeah, we might feel like we're in that dark hole, like we can never get out. Um, but the one thing to remember, you said that earlier, is that it's, it's only like a moment in time, like this too shall pass, right. It'll eventually pass. But when you're in that dark place, it's just so hard to get out of that spiral when you're spiraling down. And so I think it is very important to have that community or the, the, um, personal connections that you can reach out to. But even then, I mean, it's easier It's easier said than done, right? Like, because I go through it still to this day. Like I go to VA appointments and all that stuff, but I refuse to um, open up fully. Cause it's hard, you know, it's hard, but it's just, it's taking, it's having that mental strength. And for you, you have your Bible and your verses and that helps you keep going on. And so um, having those tools in your toolbox definitely helps. Absolutely. I mean, I have a
2: vision board behind me now and it's got God in the middle. I have scripture on it. I put things that are important to me. Um for me because it it's not like it all just disappeared and I'm 100% fine. I still struggle with things on a daily basis, but I know where to go now to pick myself right back up and get going again. So, I mean, if you look in my office, you'll see 30, you know, books, either devotionals or self-help books, uh, my vision board. I mean, every day I read a motivational card. So I know the tools that I need now to help me move forward on a daily basis to stay in a mindset. Uh, I always love the word light because I know that I was in such a dark place that I try now to make sure that I stay in the light, you know, and I feel like all of us bring light into each other's eye lives, and if we can help someone come out of darkness and show them light, show them that they're loved, that what they're going through, um, it's normal. Life is a struggle, and it's a, you know, a journey to the end, and I think it's just about growing better as an individual, and when we can share with other people and help build them up in who they are, I feel like that's more important than anything you can do in this life is help people see the light within them and help that shine. And the more you can do that with somebody, the more they're going to go on, you know, to do the things they were meant to do in this life and be a positive influence for other people as well.
0: You know, I I say that all the time that if you don't think you're important and I saw this because I like watch motivational videos, right? I watch them when I'm working out and stuff. Um, and this one guy said, and I said this before my show, if, if you don't think you're not unique and special, the chances are of you being born a human being on this earth is 400 trillion to one. So if you don't think you're as a human is special, you're special, right? Uh, you just got to find out what you're special at. Um, and so, Amy, you, you talked about, you know, your struggles, you're going through your, your, your seven years of therapy and things are getting better in your life. Um, I, I I want you to talk about how you went from that, and I, I'm not gonna say it because I want you to say it, to what you're doing, both with your horse barrel racing and then the other thing that you're doing. Uh, because I think that's that's pretty incredible and it's pretty empowering, I think, for women um, with what you're getting ready to talk about with what you're doing because I think that is is so important um, and just the confidence to have that and, and to go and do that. I know that for you might've been a struggle in the beginning. Um, but, uh, it, it's amazing what you're doing now and, and what you accomplished with it. And I know you're, you I know Monica is extremely proud of you because she, she <laughs> talked about that all the time uh, yeah. with what you went and did. And so if you wouldn't mind, kind of, kind of give us on the journey of how you got, went from the counseling and how you got into your fitness competitions. And I'll let you explain more about that. And then we'll go into okay. your, your horses and your barrel racing. Cause that's kind of fun. All
2: right. Um, so, you know, this last after COVID and everything, I, I kind of told my husband, I was like, I got back into reading, which was phenomenal, but I also got back into not eating as healthy, you know, and having a glass of wine most evenings, which I realized, you know, this probably isn't the path I want to be on right now. Um, so it kind of came about as I'm going to hire a trainer cause I really just need someone to hold me accountable. I want to feel better and I want to be able to ride my horses better. Um, So that was a little bit of just, I'm going to do this to have someone hold me accountable. The thought of competing was, you know, that I thought had been buried in the back of my mind in my (laughs) twenties. Right. But I started, I started working with a virtual trainer and um, you know, about six weeks in after cussing in my basement trying to get through these 30 to 45 minute workouts three times a week but I was like I am not quitting this I have come this far I am at least going to do this so I just kept plugging along and the great thing about you know when you have someone holding you accountable every week you're submitting you know your pictures because I got three months into this thing and she she tells me, she's like, you know, I, I take a group of girls to Dallas every year. You know, you should go. And I just kind of laughed because I'm 48 years old. I can't do a fitness competition. Like that has come and gone. That's, you know, that's past. But as I saw my photos and she's like, you really, you really would be great at this. I, I thought, you know, I, I quit following women who did that type of thing years ago because it made me mad. And I got to thinking about what, why is this making me mad? Because I feel like I've learned that most when we operate, we're either operating out of love or fear. Uh, yeah. And I was afraid and I was mad. I was mad that I never did it. And I was afraid thinking, I, I don't know that I can do this. I am 48 years old. I mean, I just got through these workouts. That's a whole nother level that I don't know. But then my whole thing this year, when I am considering, you know, the next thing is if you can't get it off your mind and out of your heart, then do it afraid, just do the thing. (laughs) Um, and I'm so glad I did because to go on and be able to compete at my age. And then I placed a third in my age category, which was the 40 plus. Um, you talk about making myself feel good about myself. And it wasn't even so much the getting up on stage. It was the whole journey to get there and just finally to believe in my head that I can do hard things. Yeah. It's just a daily grind of
0: doing it, you know, and I think that's 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 something that you know you should be very proud of because you know as people start on journeys all the time, right? They say if you want to, if you say I want to run, do a five k race, right? And Lynn, you're a runner, so you understand this. Go sign up for a run because now you have a deadline to train and do. Um, I I've ran in six Army ten milers and I missed the sign up for this year i thought and so i wasn't training for it because i d- missed it well apparently they didn't sell enough the first time so they reopened it so now i got into the army 10 miler they got to run in october but i haven't been training for a 10 miler so now i have to you know i got six weeks but i got to, not that i didn't ever run I, and I'll, I'll get there but now i just have to do it quicker than what i normally do to get to the point you know where i can run that because i just don't want to just go and run that i could go and do the 10 miles now I just don't want to go and do the 10 miles. I have to do what I did in the past. Um, But, you know, to, they always say, if you want to do a journey, sign up for something because that'll get you there quicker than anything.
2: Absolutely. That's why I'm so glad that I signed up to do the competition because again, it made me be accountable to something. It, you know, it made me work harder at it every day because um, I didn't want to fail myself. I'd failed myself so many times in my life and after everything I've been through, I just told myself, if I sign up for this, I'm going to do the best that I can do.
0: What were you gonna say, Lynn?
1: I was like, um, you ha- you have a point there, like, because you're already doing it, right? I mean, you're already working out, you're already like in probably one of the best shapes of your life. Like, yeah. why not just sign up for it and go that extra step? And like Cliff said, like um, signing up for a race. I remember I used to run. Um, I used to run full marathons, 26.2 miles and half marathons, 13.1, but I injured myself. But how I got to starting off with marathons, my friend was like, well, you already run six, seven miles a day. If you can do that, you can do another six miles. You can can do another 10 miles. It's like it's all mental, right? And so that's all it is. It's all mental. You just got to get over that hump get over that hump and that fear. And yeah, I was scared when I first started running. I was like, oh, I don't think I belong in this community. But no, everyone's so welcoming in whatever community that you choose. Like everyone's so supportive in the fitness community and the running community, whatever community you choose. Everyone's so supportive and is willing to help you along the way. And that's what helps everyone grow also.
2: Absolutely. I think that's something that I've learned as I've you know chosen the different things um, anything that I've chosen the support and the community has always made me realize how much as individuals we need that in life yeah. um, you know and I learned the hard way when I was in that dark moment that it really felt like I didn't have anyone I could talk to and that and that's such a, a yeah dark feeling, bad place to be when you feel like, you just feel like nobody cares about you. But if you get yourself involved in, like you said, whatever you're drawn to, um, I've learned that the community of like the girls I met on my fitness journey, absolutely amazing. I've made some of the dearest friends that if I'm having a bad day or, uh, you know, whatever, just have a question or need help, I can reach out to those ladies and they are there for me and they've been through it too. So they know, and everyone I've learned has a story. No one's life is easy peasy. I used to just think, you know, my life is just a disaster. (laughs) I've screwed it up so bad. How do I even, you know, repair this? But that's why you need a community of people and friends around you because everyone has a story. Everyone's had a struggle in life. And when you can share that with somebody else, they can help you through your tough times and I think that's where people get you know stuck not realizing that people do care about you and love you but you have to make an effort to be a part of something whatever that is.